Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I think passion has everything to do with emotion. And emotions give our life meaning, for sure. So I'm not suggesting that we're not emotional. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I love my little granddaughter with all kinds of passion and emotion, unlike anything I've ever felt but I also need the ability to put my emotions in neutral when that's appropriate. And there are all kinds of spaces in life where that's really appropriate. Emotions and this idea of strongest beliefs, you shouldn't be able to tell where one starts and one finishes. They should work together. It should be an amalgamation of who you are mindset-wise. And that's not the way it works in our culture. In Mayhem Mindset, we we separate those things for purposes of defining. That's the whole point of this game. We want to talk about emotion and feeling, and we want to talk about energy. I use the word energy. That's to stop and consider based on a belief. That's how we look at that. This is the Tom Rowland Podcast. Fascinating stories to amaze, encourage, and inspire you in fishing, fitness, and the outdoors. And we're brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. I started this podcast as a way to connect with my friends, people that I admire and respect, and you. It has been a learning journey that's made me a better person, a better fisherman, a better father, and a better athlete. I'm so happy that you're on this journey with me, and I'd love to hear from you with show suggestions, guest suggestions, or questions. The best way to get a hold of me is through text. You can text 305-930-7346 for the fastest response, but if you prefer to email, you can send that to podcast at saltwaterexperience.com. That's a dedicated email address just for the show. If you like this show, you can show your support by posting about it on social media and tagging me. Text the link to a couple of friends that may also enjoy it and subscribe and leave a five-star review if you feel like I've earned it. The website 
is TomRollandPodcast.com, and that is where everything lives. All past shows, you can go and listen to any show. You can look up all the different shows that we've done, both the How-To Tuesdays, the Full Links, and the Physical Fridays. They all live on TomRollandPodcast.com, and the social media is Tom underscore Roland, R-O-W-L-A-N-D, on Instagram, or you can go to our big account, saltwater underscore experience. I hope to hear from you soon. So now let's get on to today's show. I'm Jimmy Hensel, and we're going to talk mayhem mindset on the Tom Rowland podcast. Jim, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you. Thank you. We've, uh, we've met before and you spoke, uh, at waypoint. Very impressed with that. And uh, just most recently, I was with Michael Chandler, and we were talking about you and the work that you've done with him. Of course, you've done tons of work with Rich Froning and all the people sure. in Mayhem. Um, and if you don't know who Rich Froning is, he was the first person to repeat as CrossFit Games champion, then won four times, then went on to do team, and has won three times with a second place uh, that something tells me he wasn't very happy about that second place. <laughs> and uh, he has also um, surrounded himself with ultra performers and uh, has created this CrossFit Mecca in Cookville, Tennessee, which is really yeah. incredible. And you have um, been a big part of uh, the mindset there. And you have something called Mayhem Mindset. I love it. What is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I love your T-shirt, by the way. Thank you. Um, mindset. It's such a it's such a challenging phrase word, um, and it's used so many different ways in our culture today. You know, um, and I think people it my, mindset incorporates being motivated, rules, habits. You know, and there are all these books. You know, I, I values all these different kinds of things, and so to wrap your to wrap your arms around that. And then actually make it something that's actionable is what Mayhem Mindset is about. Um, well, it's obviously I, working. Well, you know what? Like you, you talk about Rich Froning. You talk about winning. I, I will give this, this one little perspective right away. Rich Froning does not really care about winning. And that always blows people's mind when they, because I'll ask him about that. It's one of the perspectives people tell me about, tell me about winning, tell me how to win. Help me be motivated. Rich Froning doesn't really care about winning. What he hates is to lose. Hmm. Rich Froning loves to train and he hates to lose. <laughs> and then that is connected to some natural ability, some freaky natural ability. And then it also has something to do with his nature, how, how he was, how he was raised. And so he, if you would ask him, he'd call it the perfect storm. So you make the joke um, about, about that second place, he has, he has no medals in his house. That stuff, all those medals, all those awards, all of that, it's in a closet downstairs in a room that his wife tried to design for him, tried to turn it into a man cave. And it has some pictures on the wall, all of which he's pretty embarrassed about for the most part. Um, the only medal I ever saw on display in the years that I was really at the barn and spending a lot of time at his place training with those guys was the second place. Really? And that hung on the chalkboard every day, and it hung because that stuck in his craw. Wow. And, that is um, awesome. So, 
if you want to talk about kind of a foundational perspective, um, each one of us as an individual brings nature, nurture, the way we were raised, a set of beliefs, a core set of beliefs, all of that to this idea of mindset. And in the culture that we live in, we live in right now, unfortunately, everybody, they want to talk about like staying motivated or rules or habits. And that's only a part of that equation. I talk about identity, values, and routine. Those three things are how you re-aim. And it's important for each individual to be able to understand what those things are and not just show up and say, hey, man, sell me a T-shirt and tell me how to stay motivated. Um, and so whether it's Michael Chandler or Rich Froning or I've worked with a bunch of professional football players, and I don't want to go too far off into that. I work with a bunch of military guys that I really respect. Uh, I'm working with the barista at the coffee shop right now. I'm working with the guy who's a big shot in Chick-fil-A. I don't care who it is. It doesn't really matter to me. Whoever you are as an individual, you're trying to reach your potential. I think the three most important ingredients are understanding what your identity is as a human being, your personal identity, not Rich Fronings, because you ain't Rich Froning. Understand who you are as an individual, how you fit in your family, in your community, on your team. Understanding what that is. That's the position of strength. Then understanding what are your, what's your value system. You know, outside of emotion, emotions in neutral, how do you make your choices and decisions? That's done, that's done by strongest beliefs, and we're all trying to do it. We're all trying to do it. That's just a part of being a human. And then connecting those things to a great routine. Those are the three things you got you gotta have and you gotta quantify and you gotta know so you can put it into practice. And that's that's what the mayhem mindset process is designed to help you sort out. That's one of the uh, the things that I came away from from your talk of the clarity going through going through the way that you do it the clarity that you can help any individual to understand let, let's just take the first one understand who they are as an individual and and why that is even important because a lot of people you know i have a lot of people that ask me questions about well how did you find your passion how do you know what you're how do you know what you're passionate about and like that's an interesting question well mm. how do you find your passion like it's sometimes it's like lightning strikes, I guess, but other times it's kind of like you really need to do some introspective work to look at yourself and decide this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I would do for free if mm -hmm. I didn't, if you know, if if I could, I would do this for free and be so happy for it about it. That's a passionate kind of thing. Finding that you help people to to break down a lot of things and write down a lot of things that's one of the things that i remembered about how you were writing things down talk about um how how you help someone to understand who they are as an individual and understand that identity and where they sit in their family and all of that yeah i think once again uh, a lot of a lot of confusion in the culture about how to do that mm -hmm. um I, my wife left me this is where this gets started for me. My wife leaves me. I've got two daughters who I am now the sole parent of these two kids. Um, and, and I've known my wife since I was seven and we've been married almost 10 years and I loved her. Um, and I'm in the darkest spot of my life and, and I'm not sure which direction to go. Um, and so in this space, as I'm, as I'm trying to control my emotions and I'm trying to figure out my way forward, 
what I realized was I didn't own any of my beliefs or any of my values. And here's why that's important. And, and I, I guess I want to say I didn't do this because I learned it in a book. I did it because it, it, it was a fight for my life to be mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Um, and it didn't, I literally decided in that dark spot, I wasn't going to read a book. There wasn't many, anybody going to tell me how to do this. Either I was going to sort this out for myself and I was smart enough to make it happen or I was going to sink. But, but at that point in my life, it was important enough to me to really sort out who I was and to figure out all these words that are being thrown around purpose, passion, what does all that really mean? Um, and so I think in this process that I've created, the power behind it is it's simply a process for you to figure it out. Not for anybody else to tell you. We don't tell anybody what to believe or what to do in mayhem mindset. It's a process for you to put it all on paper. And here's what we know. Here's some things we know to be human. Not because I say it, but because this is what science has taught, has taught us. And so there's not a human being walking the planet that's not dealing with these truths. And the truths that I'm getting ready to talk about are as true as gravity. Number one, the limbic part of your brain fires first. And this is very simple versions of this. And so we all feel first. So there is emotion. Emotion gives our life meaning. And we got to understand what that is. We got to learn how to control those emotions. The second part of your brain that fires is the neocortex and it puts language to what you feel. So those things are supposed to work together. If it's not in language, it's not a tool. So if you can't tell me, get over into critical thinking and tell me about who you are and what you believe, well, then you're a person who stays stuck in emotion. And your life is going to be based on emotion and momentum. Instead of living life with it, you're going to live life because of it. And this is where I was way back in that dark day. When I, and I started to reach out for this idea of, well, what is the critical thinking way forward? I know my heart hurts like crazy, but how do I think about my way forward? And what I realized was I didn't own any of my value system. It was my dad's or it was some preacher's. It wasn't mine. And so for me, for an individual to do this work, to put something on paper, to craft it, to design it, to test their values, to make sure that what they're believing and saying isn't BS it's really real. And to come out on the other side of that with some actual mindset tools, I mean, practical tools. How do I keep my emotions in under control, dial them up when I need to dial them up so people know I love them and care about them, put them in neutral. When my next, the next thing I'm supposed to do is just be really clear about my response. So that's what the, the, the power in it is, is write it down. And you asked me about write it down. Yeah, you got to write it down. And if you can't define yourself, you can't stand in front of the mirror and define yourself and say, hey, here's what's purpose. Here's what my core values are. Then how the hell are you going to live it? It's not possible. That's awesome, man. So how many people, like when you start working with people, how many people have any sort of idea? You know, they may be, I mean, you work with all, all different kinds of people. You mentioned the barista. You mentioned, you know, high-level athletes, pro football players, somebody that just works like how many people when you when you start going through this process and showing someone what it is that you're about to do how many how many people have any idea who they are in your opinion um well i think it's i think it's really important to say i call what i do a game and there are some rules to the game and there are some terms that we define and 
And so my challenge is always in 30 seconds or less, define yourself. 30 seconds or less, define yourself. And that means you can clearly state to me what you think is purpose for your life. You can clearly state to me core values that represent your strengths, your weaknesses, and your ideals. Not just 10 cool words you picked, but, but actual beliefs that are, that are connected to your strengths and your weaknesses and the things you hope for the future. And then that's in some sort of mission statement to hold yourself accountable. The most powerful thing that you could say to yourself to hold yourself accountable, three, two, one, go. I've been doing this 18 years now, and I never had one person be able to do it <laughs> in those terms. Because we're just not thinking about it in that kind of detail. Mm -hmm. So I get people who can name two or three core values. But, but if I start putting pressure on you about that value, and I kind of, you let me in your life and you trust me. And for purposes of defining yourself, you let me just kind of, it's, it, it, it would be, it's no different than teaching someone to lift properly. If I was teaching someone to power clean properly, I'd pay attention where their feet were first before anything else. Then we might get them up in the front rack position and kind of touch them to make sure they got a good base. I'm literally doing that to you mentally. Mm -hmm. I'm saying to you, mentally, physically, and spiritually, do you know who the hell you are? Have you made choices in those spaces and you know who you are? And under extreme adversity, that stuff holds up. Right. Because if it's not defined and it's not practiced, it doesn't hold up under a real extreme adversity. And that's the spot. 20 years ago, I found myself in, I thought I knew who it was. And I thought I know what I believed. But under the extreme pressure of divorce, and being a single dad, that stuff didn't hold up. I couldn't really tell you what it meant. Really, for me, because, because I, I come from a really strong faith background, or that's really what I was taught. All I could do was just beg Jesus to help me. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And that got, and, I'm, and this is me. Now, I'm, I'm not putting this on you or anybody who's listening. From my perspective, it got pretty pathetic. It got pretty weak and it got pretty pathetic. And so one of the things that I had to do for me personally was decide, hey, what's like, for, for, I'm, I'm not putting this on anybody else. Mayhem mindset, I want to be clear. We don't, we don't put values on people. You, you test yours. You tell me what yours are. And if you'll figure out what that is and you'll live them authentically, it'll work. It'll be a tool in your life. For me, I was challenging the value of faith in my life. <laughs> Either I'm going to, can I swear on this podcast sure. or should I not do that? No, you know, I'm shit. I'm either I'm shit canning all that because that's I, I don't mean I'm going to throw it away. That's not that's not strong enough language. Either I'm shit canning all that, and that's something I'm walking away from, or I'm going to test it and decide what that means in my life as an individual man, and I'm either going to live it or I'm throwing it out. That's how real that was for me. Mm. So yeah, not too many people in terms of this game that I play can step right up and they can really come up with this is purpose. This is values. And this is how I'm connecting again routine in my life and how I'm scaling it and living it every day. Wow. How, how long did it take for you to, to bring yourself out of this dark spot with this way, this different way of thinking and organizing your thoughts like this? 
crazy. I put the girls to sleep one night and I, and I was watching gladiator. Great movie. And I, yeah, great movie. And I was just like, I literally was just trying to medicate with a movie. I just need to watch something to take my mind off this. And if, if you've ever seen gladiator, there's a scene in there where Maximus is standing in front of Commodus and Maximus has, you know, been relegated to basically a slave from, from the general to the slave. And he's fighting on the Colosseum floor and nobody really knows who he is. And he's standing in front of Commodus and he pops his helmet off and he defines himself. My name is Maximus Aurelius Decimus. And in that space that I was in, in my life, at that very moment, I heard Maximus say, this is who I am. This is what I believe. And this is what I'm going to do. And if you go back and listen to it, that's exactly what he does. And I'm like, okay, so that's what I'm doing. That right there, I'm going to do that. And I'm a writer, so it took me about it took me about six months to craft it and to get it to get it squared away in my life. But I wrote a code for my life, and I called it the Strength and Honor Code. And I had a buddy of mine draw a tattoo, and I made a commitment that every every choice, every decision in my life moving forward would be filtered through purpose, values, and connected to routine. And I was going to live live by it or die by it. And I started doing it and my life straightened out. I got my emotions under control. When I couldn't get them controlled, these values became, they, they became literally the filter. There wasn't anything that I wasn't going to do unless I went to fight, work, hope, faith, team, family, excellence, purpose, responsibility, love, and freedom and filtered it. What do those values say? Here's what my emotions say. Acknowledge that emotion. I didn't say validate it. I said, acknowledge it, understand how I felt about it. And I worked hard to get my emotions and my values working together in my life. And I set up, I created some tools to actually do that. And it became the position of strength of the platform that I operated from. And then 18 years later, I'm doing it for somebody else. And I had zero intentions of that. <laughs> no intentions. It was just for me. And I named it after the movie. My code was called the Strength and Honor Code. Um, and I started, I literally went back to, you know, I'm raising these two little girls. I got to go back to painting houses. My dad was a painter. Didn't get along with my dad all that well. I hated painting houses. I told my dad when I left to go to college, I'm never going to paint another effing thing as long as I live. Because I thought I was going off to the big school to be a big star football player. And here I am back humbled in this space where I'm, um, the most important thing is that I got these two little girls and I wrote this code. Then I'm thinking I'm going to go back and volunteer to high school and I'll teach tackling, you know. And I got there and realized I could help a young man maybe maybe sort out some of this for his life. And it's just grown over the years. And I want to be clear, there are way more people in the online course that I'm working with that have nothing to do with high profile sports. Yeah, um, I was going to I was going to go into that because the reason that I always look to people like Rich or Mike Chandler or, you know, name name any high performer and especially the military people, is because what they've done has been tested at the extreme end of the scale. And if it works for them at that extreme end of the scale, then it's probably going to work for me in making a decision about, um, you know, my business or my family or, or what's important to me. And then you can even just take, you don't have to do exactly what they do, but you can take little pieces of, of things that high performers are doing and you can apply them to your life and you can be better at whatever it is that you're trying to do. You can be a better father, you can be a better husband, you can be a better fisherman, you can be a better weightlifter, you can be a better golfer, you can be better at whatever. And that's why 
I'm fascinated by the subject because I had my own um, kind of epiphany of, wow, the way that you think about things and the, I mean, what I call the mindset going into something is the single greatest dictator of whether it's, you're going to be successful at that or not. And, you know, it's a very simple concept. Some people are like, well, of course. Other people are like, I never even thought about it like that. And for me, I had plenty of successes and failures all through my life. But it was when, um, you know, my wife and I started talking about having kids. And I started thinking, you know, I want to be this type of person. I want to be this type of dad. I want to reflect these type of values onto my unborn child. And things started changing because I started listening to different people talk and reading books and doing lots of different things that and, and being surrounding myself with people who were top performers and just watching what they did and watching how they thought and watching about listening to the words that they said. And it just made such a giant difference. And my life went in a different direction on a different trajectory. And ever since then, I just try to soak up as much as possible. Now, what's very interesting to me about your program is that I've read tons of books on this. I've watched every motivational movie, Gladiator, all the way down to Rudy and, and watched them forward, backwards, every which way. And I get, I get little pieces of things out of each one of them that I can apply to being a better fisherman or being a better dad or whatever. But what's interesting, I think, is what in what you're doing is you're really organized. You're helping someone, anyone, organize their thoughts, organize their values, organize their priorities, organize their life around things that are very simple. It's not unlike, um, I don't know, you, you mentioned weightlifting. Say it's the golf swing, say it's weightlifting, say it's anything. If you're just thinking, put this weight over my head, okay, well, you know, there's some real strong people out there that can put some weight over their head. But there are other people that, you know, you have to think about things. Like when, when a golfer addresses the ball, it's okay, where are my feet? Where's the club? Where am I pointing? Where am I aiming? How am I standing? How am I breathing? And they'll walk through this process of one, two, three, four, everything's right, now swing the club, and it goes perfect, right? Like, and, and if they just get up there and they don't think about those things and they just try to swing, it's out in the woods or in the river or whatever. And that's, what I, that's one of the things that I thought about when you were speaking. I was like, this is, this is, as much as it is a mindset and all these different tools and everything, the tool really for the way that I see the tool, and, and I, I don't mean to, if this isn't the way that it's designed or whatever, I don't mean any, any uh, anything bad about it, but it seems like a an organizational tool for your life. And that, that well, like you say, every decision that you're making is now filtered through this, not unlike the golf swing of, okay, how am I standing? How are my knees? How are my hips? Where's the golf club? You know, it's like one, two, three. Okay, now I can make this decision. Are my emotions in check? Am I breathing correctly? Am I thinking about this rationally right i mean yeah what do you think about that everything you said i mean everything you said is right um maybe maybe to start with the first thing you said about there are so many high performers where the things that they do 
are are very instructive, and there's a lot we can a lot we can learn from. Um, and I, and I think that's important, and we should do that. Um, and in my process, that falls into routine. I said there were there were three important components to being able to re-aim your life daily: identity, values, and routine. So, so if we if we if we just spend all of our time paying attention to what the high performers are doing, in inside of routine, we're leaving out who are you as an individual, and we're we're also leaving out this position of strength of of remember, all of us are trying to make our biggest choices and decisions based on our strongest beliefs. That is to be human. That's as real as gravity. So if you don't know who you are and you're just operating off what Rich does, well, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. That won't withstand extreme adversity in your life. Just and, and and then the truth of the matter is, a lot of the things that Rich Rich does. What, for example, let me give you an example. Here's a question he gets all the time. Hey teach me how to be more competitive hmm. happens all the time in seminars hundred uh, percent. There are going to be two people who want to know about that. What you don't understand is being competitive is not a problem for rich Froning. It's the opposite in his individual design. He is way too competitive all the time. It's made him a CrossFit games champion, but it makes him an asshole when he's playing wiffle ball with his friends out in front of the house <laughs> and he runs over the 12 year old girl at second base. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's actually, uh, I didn't think you were going to say that, but that's super funny. Um, and yes, I can see that like your, your strengths can also be your weaknesses. So, so, so this idea of purpose, I want to run you back to that. This idea that people kind of, I don't believe that purpose Listen to the, I'm going to try to break down some language and I, and you tell me if I lose you, but it's important to define terms. It's important. So we're talking about the same thing. Purpose is not in what you do. What you do, the job or the task, whatever that happens to be, should be filled with your purpose. So many people chase the do. The job or the task. I'm going to go work here. Oh, that didn't work out. I don't feel passionate about it. Go to the next thing. Got kids at the university I talk to all the time. I just started a degree in, in this field. And oh my God, I don't want to do that. I don't feel passionate about that. So purpose can't be what you do. My first conversation with Rich Froning was, if I take CrossFit away from you, and today's the last day you do it. Who the hell are you? Or your sport. That's why Michael Chandler came. Hey, man, I got this many, I got this many fights left. He was using this to aim and create a vision for his life past fighting. Mm -hmm. We did some organizational stuff, but that's not why he used it. And the same with Rich. Rich caught off guard. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, what if I could take that from you, bro? You don't do that tomorrow. The do. I could steal the, the do from you. I could say that to anybody. Let me, let me, you're, you're retiring from the military. You're injured. I mean, think about all the places where what we do can be taken from us. What you're telling me then is when that happens in your life, that that's it for you as far as purpose is concerned. You're just designed to CrossFit. And of course, nobody believes that. There's these mental, physical, and spiritual parts of who we are. If you could never go fishing ever again, 
and this is your last day doing this podcast, you're telling me that there aren't other things in your life that are filled with purpose? So purpose can't be, the clues to purpose, we can't start with the do. Purpose is in your design. We got to go walking back to your heart, how your heart's wired, what are your talents. Then we got to connect that to your strongest beliefs. And if we do that properly, then we can come up with some ideas about why you're on this planet. And it has nothing to do with the do. It should not have anything to do with the do at first. Then what you want to do is connect those three things. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that, man, that dog will hunt. But if we start and we work backwards, we're just trying to copy Rich or Mike or some of those people. We're leaving out your values and your personal identity. We need to flip it. We need to figure out what that is for you. And then this, this part of routine and advice and high performance and all that, we can get nuggets from that that really help us in our mindset and the way we think. And then it's, it's practically applicable to our lives. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yeah. So many times also you hear, you know, what is your, what is your why? I mean, and I'm, I'm assuming that that's kind of, you know, in this, this thing, it's almost, it's sure. kind of similar, but like you say, there are a lot of terms and there are a lot of people throwing around a lot of these different terms and, you know, passion, motivation, what's your why, what's your purpose? It, it, it is, I, I, I do really like it that you're, you identify that because I, I think that a lot of people, I don't know, you hear it with young people all the time. Like, I'm just not passionate about that. Like, really? I, I what have you been passionate about? It? Do you even know what passionate is? Like, what have you been passionate about in your whole life? You're 17. Like, There's so much wrong with that word <laughs> passion in my mind. That passion is the one word you might as well swear. You might as well, I don't know. In my game, I hate the word passion. Because it's one of those words that people, it's, it's, it, people use it in all those different spaces. And passion really, passion has everything to do with emotion and what I feel good about right now. Hey, but what about all the things that you're supposed to do that you don't feel good about? What about that? Because that's half the game. Right. You want to be great at a sport? You better, you're not going to feel good about training every day. Hey, I've been married. You know, I, I, I got 26 years worth of marriage. I didn't necessarily feel great about my relationship with my wife every day. Mm. I don't know about you guys. You guys are all better than me and I'm a sinner, but that's how it works in my life, right? There's all kinds of things that are super valuable that are filled with purpose that have nothing to do with emotion or passion. Matter of fact, my emotion and my passion will destroy me if I get that wrong. Mm-hmm. So if we're just chasing, making me feel good all the time, you're screwed. Now, if you expect to get next level and have purpose for, you know, in every area of your life and reach your potential. It's so interesting that you just said your, your, your passion w- can destroy you and, like, like explain that because I can see it clearly. But well, let me use let me use Rich for an example, and I wouldn't use the word passion. I'd like to throw passion out in our discussion because I think passion has everything to do with emotion, and emotions give our life meaning for sure. So I'm not suggesting that we're not emotional because mm-hmm. I, I I I love my little granddaughter with all kinds of passion and emotion, unlike anything I've ever felt. But I also need the ability to put my emotions in neutral when that's appropriate. And there are all kinds of spaces in life where that's really appropriate. Emotions and this idea of strongest beliefs, you shouldn't be able to tell where one starts and one finishes. They should work together. It should be an amalgamation of who you are mindset-wise. And that's not the way it works in our culture. In Mayhem Mindset, we, de- we separate those things for purposes of defining you. 
That's the whole point of this game. We want to talk about emotion and feeling, and we want to talk about energy. I use the word energy. That's to stop and consider based on a belief. That's how we look at that. So, so if, if we're going to walk this thing all the way back, I want to use the word purpose. Mm-hmm. I want to use that word purpose. And through this process, what happened in my life, I can work somebody down through this process. And by the time you finish it, you will have a clear understanding of what purpose is for your life. And I can guarantee it if you'll just do the process, not because it's special, because it's just a process and you can figure it out. Like purpose is not discovered under a rainbow. It's not, <laughs> it's not in a pot of gold somewhere. It's not that way. And that's the way we, that's the way people set it up in our culture. If lightning strikes you, if you just get the right opportunity, you're going to somehow find purpose. And I think that's horseshit. I don't think that's the way it works because I see so many people in really bad situations throughout the history of the world who live with such a strong sense of purpose and made sacrifices for people. And it didn't have anything to do with passion. Try, 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 you know, Victor Frankl and Mm -hmm. his book living in a living in a concentration camp filled with a strong sense of purpose. Now apply that to most Americans today. So I want to be really careful about that purpose, purpose, rich froning in this process, we're going to walk purpose all the way back to three words. You're going to walk it all the way back to three words and know what those three words are for your life and come out of this with a real strong and very clear idea of what purpose is. And you connect that to values and you write it in a code and you have that every day. I don't know whether you're going to live it or not. That's the game. Once you've defined yourself, will you be the man or the woman you said you were going to be? But, but purpose, it's not elusive. It's not elusive at all. Passion is elusive, but purpose is not purpose. Rich Froning's three purpose words. And I don't want to go too deep here. They are compete, protect, and move at the very core of his entire being. This pours out of his heart period. He doesn't have a choice in everything that he does. Every do, it's got to be moving first. He, he has a, this strong sense of protect and this strong sense of compete that pours out of his heart. And if he does those, for example, compete in the wrong space, it'll destroy him. <laughs> to compete in the wrong place is his worst enemy. So one of the clues to purpose is it's your worst enemy. And I help people dig to that all the time. And they think, that will use compete. For example, I'm just too dang competitive. I just got to quit being competitive. No, you don't. It's your gift to the world. Just do it in the right space. Nice. Now that is, that is something I didn't really expect to hear that, that that's, that's very interesting about that's your gift to the world because it really is like if you're a competitive person that has a competitive fire in your belly and you enjoy competing but then you're doing it at the barbecue against the 12-year-old girl yeah or against your wife in an argument yeah or against your business partner in a in a hiring dispute yeah. Yeah. That can totally destroy you because then now you're now you're taking now you're emotionally in charge of or, or emotionally invested in that as well. You want to win, but you are now doing this in the wrong environment that will ins- destroy you. That is, wow. That I Nick, never really we, thought we, about that. We, we got to work hard in those spaces to be able to separate being right and wrong, your ego, 
and the truth. And in mayhem mindset, those are all very different things. Arriving for other people when it's appropriate. And then being able to put your foot on the neck of the person you're competing inside the rules of the game and dominate them. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. Just got to do it in the proper spaces. When I, I worked with this guy, um, you know, he's printing money in his business and, and he comes to me and he's, he's all hung up with, I just can't stop creating a vision. I just can't stop dreaming. It's, it's like, I, I, I'm not satisfied with these things that I'm doing. And he just, if you start telling me what your biggest problem is and I can, and I can remove the negative emotion, I'm going to find purpose there. And it's coming out of you without you even trying. So and if we connect it. So dig ahead. into that just a little bit. Like this guy that, that, that yeah. he, somebody would, might call him a, a daydreamer or a dreamer. Like, but he's like, no, it's a vision. I, had, I can't stop doing this. I'm doing it at all the wrong times. It, maybe it's messing me up. I don't know. Yeah. What, well, what he was, was his... upset. He was upset because he's doing it at the dinner table with his wife and his five kids. Right. He can't stop. But it's made him hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And so from a business perspective, he shows up, he, his team's in the room, he's got the money guy to slow him down, the accountant, and, and he sits down and he says, this is what we're doing. And the accountant's like, yeah, sorry, boss, we're not. That's not what the checking account says. But there's this really cool, he's got, he's got people put in place around him in business to keep him, to keep vision, creating vision and dreaming out about what the future can be. From, to keep that from running off the rails, but then he can't figure out why he can't get that squared away at his house with his kids. And so we got to work all the way back to helping him understand, bro, that's, that's your gift to the world. Now, inside of your value system, you need values that are clear targets to aim at when, and I call it who you be, capital B-E, the B versus the do, values and talents, purpose versus the job or the task. Who you be, what pours out of you to create a vision, to be able to forecast, to walk into a room and be right, pretty right all the time. I'm pretty right about what's going on. I kind of see it all. I kind of know where we should invest or what's going to work. And but I kind of know because I just made $300 million last year. And this is what's going on in his head. But it's not working with my wife and my kids because guess what? They don't give a crap. Dad said he was going hunting with them or going fishing this weekend. And he wasn't present the whole time. So, oh, you mean it's not a bad thing? It's a good thing. I just need a val values, clear values in my, in my life that I'm willing to shift. Those are clear targets I'm willing to aim at. And inside of this space of the value of family in his life, he defines it clear. He's not being him in that space. He's not the vision caster. He's the dad. He's going to Alaska. He's hunting bear with his kid. He's doing all the things that he wants to do. And when he got that sorted out and he started, he stopped feeling bad and then began to apply those things properly in his life, well, then casting a vision ends up being pretty dang easy. And then we did some work too with what's the difference between dreaming and fantasy with him. Hmm. Don't be a, don't fa fantasize. I got no room for, for fantasy. Fantasy is a waste of time. Dreaming? Connected to routine, actually doing something about it, super important. Aiming high, super important. In a situation with a guy like that, do you ever do any sort of exercise about, well, let, well let's, let, what's your vision for your family? 
Like you're so for good sure. at this. Like you're so good for at sure. this vision deal. Let's do a vision yeah. for your family. And what does that yeah. look like? And and yeah. ha- when when you when you put someone a high performer like that, that's obviously very good at what they're doing, and, but they're just not doing it in that context. What happens? Yeah, all of the time for people like like let's this is how I this is how I come at this with soldiers or with athletes. I'm going to, I want you to picture a box. I'm drawing a box on a whiteboard. I'm going to put compete or adversity in that box. That's in that box. That's that space. And it has clear boundaries. And then I'm going to put real life around the box, this wide open space. That's real life. Learning to shift gears between compete and real life. Super important. Super important. Where do your emotions go? Let's talk about strategic. Let's talk about tactical inside of compete. How do you get into that space properly? How do you allow yourself to be everything you were designed to be in that space? And then where high performers really struggle is in their interpersonal relationships. They don't, they don't, they, they haven't thought through and put in language. How do I just go home and be a daddy? Because, because their kids don't care about all the things they're doing over there. You know this. You're a father. Mm-hmm. Yep. They just want you to be dad. Just show up and be dad. It, that was destroying my life. Me personally, Jim Hensel, my intensity levels, who I be is to coach, to challenge, exhort, encourage. It just pours out of me. It doesn't matter what job I've ever had. It doesn't matter. From construction to a firefighter, to, it doesn't matter what I've done. I kind of show up and just naturally I'm all of a sudden encouraging and coaching people. My wife doesn't care. She doesn't want that. <laughs> I, I don't need any mindset coaching, yo. And for sure, my older kids now, they don't need any of that unless they ask me. Once again, I, I'm just being honest. This is not ego. I don't know too many people who are better at me in this space. I'm a pro at this. I invented this, and I got 18 years working, worth of making this work in people's lives. So if you ask me to help somebody kind of sort out this idea of purpose and values, I kind of can do it sort of cold now. And I'm looking at my own kid like, yo. How tough is that? How tough is Ah. that to, to see that, that if you just did this and this, but, but it's with, but it's unsolicited and, and to someone who really doesn't want to hear it. Most of the, most of the time, the truth only helps if it's, unless it's asked for, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Sometimes it's our role and responsibility to have to tell someone the truth. It's our role. It's our responsibility. It's our duty. And I get that. Um, I created a tool called the grace versus truth tool. And it's changed my life. And I'll share this with you when we're talking about practical mindset tools. Um, I use it every day. It's the most important perspective I ever gained in my entire life. And the tool was designed to take my need to be right or my ego out of the conversation to arrive for the other person. What do they need from me? So picture grace on one end and truth on the other. And it's a spectrum. When I arrive based on role and responsibility, and then what this other person as a leader, my level of consciousness is what do they need from me here? And that grace on the one side means I got you. You are not accountable. I'm carrying you today which is important or somewhere in between truth, meaning you're fired. I'd like to invite you to be successful, successful somewhere else, something like that. 
or whatever that happens to be. My, my nature, remember, rich is to compete. Mine is to challenge, exhort, encourage, kind of to tell the truth. And when I was young and that wasn't connected to the other person's needs and emotion, it once again just made me look like an asshole. And it hurt even worse because in a lot of ways, I was right a lot. I would give them perspective. Yo, Tom, dumbass, do this. What the hell's the matter with you? Shit. Yeah. You just do that, you'd be all right. Oh, interpersonally, how's that go over? It just, I, just kept, I just kept being the guy who thought I had something to say, but then I was mostly just wounding people. So grace versus truth. It's not a conversation I don't go into. And I'm, I'm taking my need to be right out of it. So there's no ego. And I want to give them the truth based on my role and my responsibility in their life. What do they need from me today? A little bit of grace sprinkled into this or a lot of grace. Today, I just got them. Or, man, we got to be really truthful here. What does this person need from me? Conversations with Michael Chandler and Rich Froning are awesome because I can just tell them the truth. We can get past some of the relationship growing real quick because those dudes are looking for the truth. Mm -hmm. They get it. There's no offense taken there. So grace versus truth, an example of a practical mindset tool that if you apply it in conversation and arrive for somebody else, especially relationship-wise. Remember, we started out by saying high performers have a hard time getting out of the box, out of adversity and compete where they excel and getting over into relationships where what somebody else feels and thinks, it matters. It matters. Do you want to be right or do you want to be married? Which one? <laughs> so having, having some sort of practical ability to understand what that is and some tools ends up being valuable for men and women like that. Man, that's awesome. So um, when, when someone is interested in, in, in this, your program, like, does it, I, I'm assuming that it takes some people a lot longer than others and, and there are different ways that you could go through it or explain how someone would go through your program. Do they do it personally or online or what is it? Yeah. A couple of different ways to get connected. Thank you for asking. Um, Mayhemmindset.com. Um, there are two ways to work through the program. One is a self-paced way. So you get access to a workbook, an actual physical workbook that I send you so you can write creative power, write it down. You get this workbook and then you have access to all the online content. So there, I have videos. We break it up into what's called challenges. And so you get a video for a week, you get an audio section and a reading section. And I'm going to present to you a, a, a mindset challenge for the week. You're going to do the work. You're going to do the writing. These are questions that I'm asking you to help you quantify and define yourself. By the time we're done, remember that challenge. 30 seconds or less to find yourself. Purpose, values, and routine. We write it all into a code. So we start strategically and we narrow it all the way down to something that when you're finished, 100% of the time, we have a 100% success rate for somebody who goes through the process and finishes the work. Let me be clear, not everybody makes it through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can Because it takes that. a lot of work, it takes about 12 weeks, and if your level of consciousness, if you're just looking for motivation, wrong program. If you're just looking to do what I do or say what I do and say, wrong program. If you're looking to try to be rich froning, wrong program. This is a process for somebody who has some time to think. It is the greatest hurdle that I have. And first, an awareness, holy crap, 
I, I, I need to know what my strongest beliefs are. It's really practical. I need to have that written down and organized. Holy smokes, I need to know who I am as an individual. If, I, if you don't define yourself, then somebody or something else will. I promise you that. If you don't know who you are as an individual, you won't know how to fit in your family, in your team, or in society. So you got to have that so you can connect properly. So we've got the self-paced way to do that. We have a live webinar version. So you get, all the, get the workbook, you get all the audio and video stuff. Plus every Monday, either me or one of my assistant coaches pop on and we do a live webinar. And it's really informal. And we talk to people, people all over the world in different places in the course. So maybe one guy's in challenge three and one guy's in six and one lady's over in nine. There's a little community and we do that three times a day on Mondays. Um, and then I do work individually um, with, with folks that want to reach out. If they're interested, we'll do a, like a, like a, a company webinar where somebody's whole team can go through it with me. And then I do, I, I try to keep three or four different individual clients um, as, as time allows for that. And it's scaled in price. That's interesting. Do you ever have anybody like ultra performers specifically, but have you ever had anyone, and I'm sure you have, but it seemed like some people might say, well, man, I don't know if I want to get a hold of some of these things because that could be my edge. Like that could, the fact that I'm so emotional about some of these things, maybe that's why I'm winning or maybe that's why I have made this amount of money or maybe that's why I got this job that I wanted maybe if I got a hold of that, that would go away. Like, do you, is, is that something that you encounter? Yeah, for sure. Um, because of the culture that we live in, it's possible and it's being done right now where people are born and then they die. And all they get really good at is routine. And routine is really important. I dealt with this back. I was a player development coach at a, coach at a couple of universities in the football programs. And, and the process ends up being the most important thing. And it is vitally important. A process that works and to replicate it. That falls over into routine for me. And so it's possible to make a ton of money and, and to do all of those things and, and live and die inside of that. And there are people that do that. Um, my experience is that those people's interpersonal relationships suffer um, and they don't know how to connect and they end up at the end of this thing with, without a strong sense of purpose and meaning. And, and it's easy in our culture to focus on motivation, especially if you've been given a lot. Um, and so we can be, we can be too process oriented and forget about the importance of the people and the value of the people inside of the process. I work with a guy who sold his business for a hundred million dollars. So, you know, a ton of money. He, he inherited the business from his father. Um, 37 years he worked in the business and I was speaking at, uh, at a conference that he was at and he comes up to me with tears in his eyes and he's just retired. And he says to me, holy crap, you know, I got more money than I know what to do. I got this big boat that I thought my wife and I were going to go around the world on. And he's like, and I'm waking up. He said, I wasn't a bad man. I didn't cheat. I, I sent all my kids to the, to the greatest colleges. 
I provided for their lives. They're all set. You know, he's going on success, success, success. And I, I don't know any of them. Like none of them want to talk to me. Like I have no relationship. I've been planning this whole, take this trip with my wife. And my wife just told me she doesn't even like boating. He got lost in the process, making money. He had a great routine. He had it locked in. All that stuff he did right, and he forgot about the interpersonal relationships that at the end ended up mattering to him. And he's in tears standing in front of me telling me he'd give the freaking money back to have his kids over, to know who his grandkids were. And then to make it worse, he died of a heart attack on that boat like weeks later. Whoa. So from the outside, you'd have been like, ah, dude, got it all figured out. Look at that big house all by, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. The definition of success, the definition of purpose and for high performers, we're talking about high performers that are really good at something. They can, they can fixate on staying motivated and doing a great job in the process routine and not do the transition to the relationships around them that are supposed to matter. And, and I deal with people, I'm dealing with an athlete right now that you don't give a shit about any of that. So, okay. But he's also 26 years old and right. we'll see. We'll see. Right. From an old man to a young man, we'll see what it matters to you later. You do you. I'm not here to tell you. Um, well, but our culture's are, made are, that possible. There are seasons in your life that, yeah. you know, where you don't, you're, you're choosing not to have a girlfriend. You're choosing to not have any relationships. You're going to pour yourself into whatever sport it is that you're doing or whatever activity it is. And, and maybe this stuff comes later, but you know, it does. And, and, and I think it, that's, it can, but that's just like, I, that's a season. And, and maybe I think that's right. So <clears throat> this is, I was going to ask you about, um, uh, like a, a kind of a couple final questions, but one of them was going to be, you know, describe disappointment. Right. So in my opinion, that's a pretty disappointing life that you just described with that guy that that mm. that did whatever success he had, lots of money, lots of toys, lots of things, but he was missing the most vital part, at least to me, the most vital parts of human existence, right? Mm. What is excellence? Paint the picture of what what that life could have been or what you see as an excellent life. Can I give you my analogy? Just Anything? Like, yeah. Like, and once again, I always am very careful about how I do this. Um, mayhem mindset. I don't want anybody to get it wrong. Mayhem mindset is not for me to tell you what to believe. Mayhem mindset is for you to organize what you believe and then test it so that the other end, you have something that's authentic. And if it's authentic, then you'll probably live it. My values may be different than your values, right? Um, and what I'm getting ready to say, I'm going to paint this picture, and it comes from something that some people might say is religious. And I want to even be careful because like, what, what I can control in life is what I've been given. And what I've been given is the time that I have on this planet. So my mindset is live well and die well. That's how I think. And I'm older now. I'm in my I'm 53 going on 54. And so I can see the other end of this. And I'm not even making a joke. Like my parents, I'm dealing with my parents and my dad's close to, to to dying. And these are all things that I'm serious, serious about, you know. So so based on this religious experience that I came through, 
I thought, I think about disappointment and I think about excellence. And, and I think both of these things play out in this scenario in my head. What if it really happened that when you died, you went to heaven or hell? What if that really happened? Let's just say for argument's sake, it did. I'm not saying that it does. I'm just saying for argument's sake, let's say that it does. Play my game with me. And you get there. Let's say somehow I sneak in. I don't even know how it's possible, but somehow I sneak in. And, and God, he plays two lives up on a big screen. One of them is the life that I lived, and one of them is the life that he had intended for me. And somehow by some cool, amazing editing thing, they kind of overlay. And you get to stand there. Yeah, you're in heaven, bro. You're saved. Whatever. You made it. Good for you. But you get to stand there and watch your life play out, and you get to see what he intended for you and what you actually got of that. Now, on the other end of that, when that thing's done, for me, I will feel disappointment, maybe some grace and maybe some excellence, maybe something like that in my mind. So um, I, for, for me as a human being, you ask me about what I thought about it. I, I'm not overly concerned about what happens when I'm dead. If, if that's not, if, the, if, if, if he hasn't sorted that out or she, depending on who you are, um, ah, and what am I going to do? What I have of, I, I have control over this life and what goes on here. And so um, I'm living for these experiences and these moments. I'm, I'm working hard to be a good man and to be a good man needs in my language that that I'm living, I'm living those values every day. And when I make a mistake, authentically, authentically trying to live those values. And when I make mistakes, and I do all the time, I say, I'm sorry, quickly, and I fix it. And I try not to make that mistake again. And I give forgiveness quickly. And then in, in the spaces that I know are purpose in my life, I'm pushing the envelope. I want to get it all. I want to live well, and I want to die well. And I'm trying to, in a thoughtful way, avoid disappointment eliminate this is the way i say it to young guys first eliminate the stupid shit stop sabotaging yourself so get that figured out maybe that's 20 through 24 you know and then get some sort of idea of purpose and values locked down in your life so you've got you got that clear path in front of you and then make everything you do at that point filled with some sort of sense of purpose based on what you said you believe and who you are. And then when you get to where I'm at in life, well, for the most part, I've eliminated the stupid shit. I'm pretty clear about what purpose is in my life. And now I'm trying to narrow because the opportunities are huge. I could do a bazillion things that are purposeful now. Now I'm trying to narrow that to three or four things that I can be intentional at and be great at. Not just be good, but be world-class. So that's kind of how I look at excellence and and this idea of disappointment. Yeah, disappointment or regret. Regret is a strong word. Wait, I have a you... lot of regrets. I have a lot of regrets. Tons. I look back, I do all kinds of things different. You wouldn't even listen to me if you knew who, you wouldn't even have me on this podcast if, if you know, 25, first 26 years of my life were the, were the man that I, I was going to be the rest of my life. The difference between me and a lot of people is the regret lives in the past. And I look back to measure how far I've come. Regret doesn't live in my present and it doesn't live in my future. I've dealt with it appropriately. 
Yeah. And so, I don't know, that, that always, it always takes you down a different road, though. You know, like, like certainly we've all made horrible decisions, but if you had changed those decisions, you wouldn't end up right here helping so many people. You wouldn't That's end right. up right here in this sense of, of gratitude of, of where you are in your life. Regret, 100%. And, and you, you, you dealt with that regret already. I have must as well, and I'm very comfortable with where I am right now. But, right on. But waking up with regret is a bad place, mm. especially One of the at our age. I'm your age exactly. When's your birthday? August. What? 17th. No way. I'm 19th. August 19th, 1968. We're right there, and yeah. we're right there together. Yeah. I'm I, older than you. But barely. Two days. Yeah. Well, two days. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, fifty-three is a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a funny, it's a funny time because just like you said, yeah. like you can, I could remember my childhood, but I can also see that, see that there's not that much left. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, so um, there's a, there's a value on time. There's a value on, um, like I, I like what you were saying about living intentionally now of of where you can be the best of the world class because at at fifty three there there's opportunities every single day for me like do you want to do mm. this do you want to do this do you want to do this it's like I don't know I mean there's some there's so much value in saying no to things as mm. well like I'm gonna say no to that really great opportunity because my heart's not in it. And yes, I could do that, but it's going to keep me from doing something that I'm really, really mm. super excited about. And, mm. and maybe That's I don't good. even know what that is yet. Right. Yeah. But I know it's not that. Yeah. And so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Like people say it all the time. Well, I don't know what to do or I'm not sure what to do or I'm not going to do that. Remember the DO, the job or the task. Okay. Before you choose make sure you know who you are as an individual and you know what your values are don't chase the do and that's what we were talking about at, at this point in our lives we cannot afford i don't mean money wise i can kind of afford to do whatever i want to do but as far as a sense of purpose and being world class i can't be chasing the do i got to keep it narrow i don't believe in balance 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 means i can be pretty good at a lot of things i'm not interested in being pretty good at a lot of things I want to be the best at a couple of things. And so that's pretty narrow for me. I want to be a great grandpa. I want to be a great husband. I'm messing with this tactical games thing, which is how I compete. I love to shoot. I love to do all that. That's really important to me. And I want to make a difference in some people's lives. Outside of that, I can't really be doing a lot of other things. I'd like to go bear hunting in Alaska. I'm going to have to say no. I don't know where I fit that into the schedule, you know? Yep. Yep. I do. I do know that. Well, this has been fantastic. And, um, you know, at, at 53 – having a, a, a wonderful career and, and, and really a life that uh, a lot of people would, would trade in for, for what I've been able to do, I still would like to do your program. I think that it's, I think that that organization uh, and, and, and the introspection and, and just checking in with yourself, even at this age, uh, mm. or maybe this is the most important age. I don't know. Mm. Maybe it is. I think but I sure would have loved to have done this when I was 22. Man, it's so crazy. Like they're they're to stop and get reorganized, and and to be clear, when is 
when is the wrong time to right. do that? And I we, know. And we all, we all come to, there are some big pivot points where people come to me in general terms, but it's, my mindset is it's a master's degree level in identity values and routine for somebody. It's not an entry level, please motivate me thing. I, I don't even want those people to sign up. I'll have to give your money back. And I'm not trying to be mean. It, it really is for somebody who has a level of consciousness and a little bit of time that says, you know what? Heck yeah, I'm going to stop right here. First of the year, I'm going to stop and slow down. I'm going to give 12 weeks to the, put this in the front of my brain and I'm going to get reorganized because I know who I am. I just, I want it tested just a bit. Right. I want to shift it around. I want to make sure that I'm, how much of what you're doing is really routine, which is cool and momentum. Look what COVID did to people. Expose that. People who were just been living based on momentum and routine instead of because of it connected to something. So not a bad idea every now and then for somebody to go, yeah, I'm going to take a little bit of time. Let me make sure I'm where I want to be. Do people um, go through your program and then maybe 10 years later, go through it again or, or, you know, a few years later or whatever, just to like, just reevaluate, like, is this, okay, that's where I was. And, you know, at, mm. at 53, I'm, I know that there have been lots of different seasons in my life where my kids were young or something and I want something and, you know, I want to make sure that I send them to the right schools and I want to, you know, give them this gift of education and I want to, you know, give them these gifts of, of, of um, you know, ethics and morals and, and, and a code to live by. And then now they're older and mm. out of the house and so now this is a different season. And now it's kind of like, okay, am I still where I was 10 years ago? Or is this a, is, is this a brand new chapter of my life? And do you have people that go through it multiple times? And That's a great question. The final challenge in the process is about how to use it as you grow. Mm. And, and our identity and our values are intended to grow. You should never be more than 90% done with that in your life. And so we talk a ton about how to re-aim. And yearly, I do this. It is my practice at the beginning of every year, not to necessarily go through the whole process, but to go back to my core values, to update them. This is, I see this problem in businesses all the time where I go into a business or even a, an athletic program and they've got the values written somewhere, but nobody knows what they are and they mm -hmm. don't live them. That's one of the problems. So one of the problems is, uh, well, the, my value of family. It was, it was one thing when I was divorced. It was another thing and grew when I got remarried. It was another thing when my kids left. It was another thing as a grandfather. Yes. That value is, is evolving. Um, as a part of our process, we take values in and out of the system. These are these ideal values. I change them out every year at the beginning of the new year. I bring a new value, and that's something that I do a study on for the course of that year. I'm going to actively live out that value in my life. So I have these values that are growing, that I'm sharpening the definitions of what they are, and then values that I'm bringing in that are clear targets for the next year so that that stuff is never stale. Identity and values are always developing or should be always developing, or it's not what they're supposed to be. So we do talk a ton. Yeah. Um, we have a couple new courses that are coming out this year. We'll have the Spanish course is getting ready to launch. We'll have an athlete course that's specifically designed to take what you do. And I'm going to be calling this the, the course that we have now um, the basics course, and we're going to have an advanced course and we can apply it to athletics and business. So I want to help people use it and evolve it a little bit, but yeah, 
um, we should be growing this stuff all the time. Yeah. It's like a fixed mindset versus a, versus a growth mindset. Like if you believe in the fixed mindset, this is who you are, that's your identity. And it's always going to stay that way where a mm. growth mindset is just exactly what you just described of, yeah, that's where I was and I'm happy with that. But now I have grown. I've had new experiences. I've had new education. I've learned new things. I, new relationships are now in my life. There are things that are now important to me that I didn't even know about before. Yeah, like how 100%. could you not? How could you not be growing and changing and and all of that? So that's that's super uh, refreshing to hear that 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 that's what you do. But uh, well, if anybody wants to ex uh, explore this, where would they go? Mayhemmindset.com. Mayhemmindset.com. And could they get in touch with you, or is there a place where uh, yeah, they can get um, more information, or is everything right there? It's all right there. If you uh, if you just email info at mayhemmindset.com, um, I'm there, and we'll get that email and be able to respond to you. Um, the only social media that I use is Instagram, and that's Jimmy underscore Hensel, and we pay attention to all of that. So we'd love to we'd love to communicate and reach out. Okay, awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. That uh, this program is just it's just incredible. That's fantastic. I love it. Thanks thanks for having me. I appreciate all it. Right. Thank you. All right, that's it for this week. We'll see you next week.